Welcome to the Greystone Church Podcast. We are grateful that you're here and taking time out of your day to listen and grow with God. We pray that God will speak to you and you will experience His amazing love through this message. Let's take a listen. Jennifer and I were supposed to be out of town last Sunday. Jesse had her her winter break with school, and so we were supposed to be out of town on vacation, but we decided to cancel our trip and to stay in town because Jennifer's mom has been in and out of the hospital. She's battling cancer. She has a bowel obstruction. She has pneumonia. And so Jennifer's been caring for her parents, and she didn't feel like it was good for us to to be too far away from her mom. And so we decided to stay close and have a staycation and stay here over the weekend. And we were off uh, from church last Sunday. We had no responsibilities here at Greystone Church. And, and sometimes when, when we're off, we like to visit other churches. And it's fun for us to go to other churches where nobody knows us and we can just kind of be in, incognito and worship. And, and so we were talking about it over the weekend. And the more I prayed about where we were gonna go when I was looking at churches within a, a two-mile, uh, two-hour driving distance, the more I prayed about that, there's nowhere I'd rather be than Greystone Church. And so I told Jennifer, I said, let's just, let's just come to Greystone and be like, be like regular you know, church members. We're, we're just gonna go to one service, right? And so we're gonna, we're gonna ride together. Normally I drive by myself and I leave early. I don't have to wait on anybody, but I'm literally in the parking lot waiting on someone to get in the car. I'm not gonna, not gonna mention any names, but it wasn't Jennifer that, that we were waiting on. And so we came and it was so good, like, like Mark Hanley's message. God spoke to me through his message. Yeah, let's give Mark a hand. Um, and then at the end of the service, Josh goes into How Great Thou Art, which is one of my great, my most favorite hymns of all time. Hands were lifted all over the auditorium. Tears were being shed. Not, not that I'm a crier or anything, but it was just one of those very, very special Sundays. And Jennifer and I love our church. There's no place we'd rather be than to be here. A couple of Sundays ago, we had the opportunity to visit our Monroe campus and our Oconee campus. It's great to see everybody. And God, God is moving in unique ways at all of our campuses. And I feel like we're, we're on the verge of a, a revival. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to the revival that's taking place in Asbury uh, University in Kentucky. And what started as a normal chapel service, a few students stuck around and then, then thousands stuck around. And they, they've had this ongoing worship service going 24 hours a day, seven days a week for, for, the, for the last two or three weeks. And literally like 50 plus thousand people have come to uh, Kentucky. And these little revivals are springing up at college campuses uh, around the United States. And we've been praying for revival. A lot of us have been praying for revival I wanna let y'all know about the worldpeacerevival.org. Uh, we're trying to get Christians all over the world to unite and pray for world peace, pray for revival. Uh, Clyde Strickland is heading this up. Uh, Clyde texts me all the time, calls me all the time, and I promised him that I would get our church to go to this website. So if you'll go to world, uh, worldpeacerevival.org, Download the information and put it on your social media. Help us get the word out. Uh, millions of people are already, have already joined and are praying for revival. So today we're continuing our series, Jehovah, the Names of God. And today we're talking about Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. 
And in everybody's seat at all of our campuses, we put one of these Hope Chest cards. So we're getting fancy because the Hope Chest used to just be like a plain white note card. Now it's like an official with, with a verse on it. But at the end of the service, the response time, we're gonna give everybody an opportunity to come to the Hope Chest and to put in your request. What are you hoping God for? Where do you need God to be Jehovah Jireh in your life? Is it with your finances? Is, is it you need healing, healing, healing for yourself or healing of a loved one? Is it the salvation of a family member? Is it a prodigal child to, to come home? Uh, what, what, what is it? What, what are you hoping God for? Where do you need him to be Jehovah Jireh in your life? I want you to go ahead and be thinking about it. Whatever your biggest prayer request is, put it, put it uh, on the Hope Chest card. At the end of the service, during the response time, we're gonna have an opportunity to take a step of faith. Say, okay, God, I'm trusting you for this. So my son, Joel, and I were reading through the Bible in a year. And so we've read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, and we're just starting Deuteronomy. And in the Old Testament, there are some crazy stories. I don't know when the last time you read Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and, and Numbers, but there, there's, some, there's some stories in the Old Testament that, that caused me to, to question my faith. Like, do I, do I believe these stories to, to be true? And it causes me to question how well do I know God? Because God does some things in the Old Testament that I can't wrap my brain around and I don't understand. And this, this verse comes to mind, Isaiah 55, 8, 9 says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So today's Old Testament story is, is one of those stories that I can't wrap my brain around. Okay, we're, we're in Genesis chapter 22. If you would like to follow along, God has blessed Abraham and Sarah with a son, an only son, Isaac. Now, Abraham did step out of his marriage and, and he had a, a child with his maidservant, Hagar, which is a whole other story for another day. But God had promised Abraham and Sarah a son. And through this son, their descendants were gonna become as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sands on the seashore. They were gonna become a great nation through this son. And after all these years of praying and praying and waiting and praying, God blesses them with a son, Isaac. And his name is Laughter, means laughter because Abraham was 100 years old and Sarah was 90 years old. I don't know if there's something in your life you've been praying for, you've been waiting on, you've been trusting God for for years and years and years. I wanna I want encourage you to, to keep praying, to keep trusting, do not give up the faith. So we're picking up the story and Isaac is now a boy. We don't know how old he is. Could be eight years old, could be 10 years old. Could, could be 12 years old. We're, we're not sure. The, the Bible doesn't tell us. We know he's old enough to go on a three-day camping trip with dad, and he's old enough to carry firewood. Okay, so we, we're not sure how old he is. So let, let's get to the story. Let's get to the text. Genesis 22, verse one and two says, sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Has God ever tested your faith? 
Has your faith ever been tested? Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Here, here I am. This is what God says to Abraham. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. And what? This doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Why would God ask Abraham to sacrifice his only son, Isaac? Why would God ask anyone to sacrifice any child? And of course, as we read through the Bible, you get into the law of Moses that human sacrifices forbidden, you know, the pagan gods would accept human sacrifice, but human sacrifices forbidden, the killing of anyone, like any murder is a sin. So why would God ask Abraham to sacrifice his only son, Isaac? And so whenever I'm reading the Bible, I don't know if you do this, but I put myself in the character's shoes so I put myself, you know, uh, you know, Adam and Eve in the garden. I put myself in their shoes. Or, or Noah in the ark. Or, or you know, Joshua in the, the city of Jericho. Or, or Jonah in the, in the fish. Or Joseph and Mary. You know, I put myself in Abraham's shoes. And I can't imagine God coming to me and speaking to me and saying, saying Jonathan, I want you to take your only son, Jolan, who you love, and I want you to take him up to the top of Stone Mountain and kill him with a knife and then burn him on the altar as a burnt offering to me. I I can't imagine that. I can't imagine the conversation with Jennifer. Hey, God spoke to me, and uh, he told me to go and kill Jolan on top of Stone Mountain and to offer him as a a sacrifice. I think about the conversation that Abraham and Sarah had that night. They probably talked all through the night. Or maybe Abraham didn't even tell Sarah about it. I mean, maybe he's just hoping, I I might fill her in later, you know. (laughs) The The Bible doesn't tell us. What would you do if God asked you to sacrifice your child? What, what would you do if he asked you to sacrifice your son or your daughter? Listen to what Abraham does, verse three. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and he took two of his servants with him along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. The next day, Abraham gets up early and does exactly what God told him to do. Immediate obedience. He didn't put it off, he didn't procrastinate, he didn't debate about it. It says very early the next morning, he got up and he did what God told him to do. Point number one, if you're taking notes, is delayed obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. When God tells us to do something, we don't immediately do it, that's disobedience. In what area of your life has God spoken to you and you're not doing it? In what area are you displaying delayed obedience? You you plan to be obedient, 
you're thinking about doing it, but you haven't done it yet. If a parent asks a child to clean her room and she doesn't do it, that's disobedience. She's thinking about doing it. She's planning maybe to do it. But if mom goes to the room the next day and the room's not clean, that's disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. The next morning, Abraham got up early, he saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him along with his son Isaac. Then he shot wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in a distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship there, then we will come right back. I want you to catch that last verse. Abraham says, me and the boy are gonna go a little further. We will worship and we will come back. Did you, did you pick that up in the text? Like Abraham had the faith to believe that he and Isaac were gonna go worship. He knows he's supposed to sacrifice Isaac on the altar, but he tells his servants, we will worship and we will come back. See, Abraham believed that God was gonna work it out. He didn't know how he was gonna work it out, but he believed that God was going to work it out. If he, was be, if he was obedient to God, if he had the faith to believe, that God would work it out. Now, the writer of Hebrews suggests, and, and this does put Abraham in the hall of faith or the hall, the hall of fame in Hebrews chapter 11. This is what the writer of Hebrews says, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17 and 18. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when he was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. We will worship and we will come back to you. Abraham had the faith to believe even though he didn't know how God was gonna work it out. Point number two is to trust God even if it doesn't make sense. We're to trust God. Mark shared this verse last week. I know, I know it's Mark's favorite verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. See, sometimes we justify disobedience because it doesn't make sense to us. And our lack of knowledge and understanding is not an excuse to disobey God. Because God often calls us to do things that make absolutely no sense. Like it made no sense for, for Jennifer and I in the summer of 2003 to move from Texas to Georgia to start Greystone Church. Because we were in a wonderful church in Texas and we were both serving at this amazing church full time. We had just bought, uh, built a brand new house, the lot, picked out the house, designed everything, built this brand new house. We'd, we'd been in the new house for less than a year. Her parents had moved to Texas in part to be closer to us, so we had family close. It made no sense to us 
to move across five states. Our house in Texas didn't sell. Our house here fell through. But we put all of our stuff in storage. We got into our minivan, our swagger wagon, and the Toyota Camry with two small kids and a dog, drove across five states, rolled into Grayson with no place to live to start Grayson Church. Made absolutely no sense whatsoever. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever to quit your corporate jobs, to cash in your 401k, and to start a nonprofit bakery employed by special needs adults. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. It makes no sense when you have five biological children of your own to travel to Russia multiple times. And the last time you travel to Russia, you have $10,000 cash on your person traveling through Russia, giving gifts to the authorities, bribes, right, to rescue a child from an orphanage in Russia. It makes no sense. It makes no sense to keep several foster kids in your house when you have children of your own and you've already adopted a child out of foster care to bring in more foster kids into your home. It makes no sense for a family who just sold their very first house, a young family who just sold their very first house to tithe off the proceeds of that house instead of putting the full proceeds into the down payment on the new house. It makes no sense to sell your house and your vehicles and all of your possessions and move to a foreign country where you cannot speak the language to be a full-time missionary for God. Obedience doesn't have to make sense. And a lot of times it doesn't make sense. And a lot of times if we're truly being obedient to what God has called us to do, our friends and family will think we're a little bit crazy. Right? They'll think we're crazy. But God didn't speak to them like God spoke to us. And if God speaks to you, you know that he's speaking to you. I love this verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 13. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. Genesis 22, six and seven. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders. And while he carried the fire and the knife, as the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? So I, I could see my son Jolan asking this question. When, when Jolan was growing up, he, he was always a super smart kid, very inquisitive. I think he got the uh, inquisitive award, or deep thinker award, like in first grade. He was always asking questions. And I can see Joel in this situation. Okay, dad's acting a little strange. We went on this spontaneous three-day camping trip. Mom and dad stayed up all night talking about it. 
Dad's acting funny. He's got tears in his eyes. And I'm pretty sure Isaac is putting two and two together about what, what, what's about to, to go down. Genesis 22.8, God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. Point number three is God will work it out. I'm gonna trust God. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand it. I can't wrap my brain around it, but God is gonna work it out. Sometimes we have to have a Romans 8.28 faith. Romans 8, 28, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Like, like God's gonna work it out. We don't know how he's gonna work it out, but if we're faithful, if we're obedient, and if we do what God calls us to do, he's gonna work it out. You know, it's so easy to question God, to ask the why question. So easy to ask the why question. Why, why did my mom get cancer? Why did I go through a divorce? Why do I have a prodigal child? Why did my friend betray me? Why did my business fail? Why did we go through bankruptcy? Why did the accident happen? And we may never know why, but we have to trust God. In all things, everything, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Verse nine and 10, when they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. This is the part that gets me. I can't read this passage without getting emotional because I put myself in Abraham's shoes. I think about my son when my son was eight or 10 years old and me overpowering him and putting him on the altar and tying him down. There's this struggle. We're wrestling a little bit. There's tears in my eyes. There's tears in his eyes. And he's realizing what is happening and, and how could my own father do this to me. Verse 11, at that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Don't hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God and you've not withheld from me your very son, your only son. Abraham feared God more than he loved his son. Do you fear God more than you love your son? Do you fear God more than you love your daughter? Do you fear God more than you love your spouse? Do you fear God more than you love anything in life? You know, I'm guilty of this, and I think the, the church in our day and age is guilty of this. Because we've focused so much on God's love and God's grace and God's mercy and, and God's forgiveness, which all those attributes of God are true. We, we've lost 
our fear of God. We've lost our holy reverence for God. In the middle of Mark's message last week as he was, as he was talking about uh, Moses and God appearing to him in the form of the burning bush, and Moses is walking over to the bush and God says, don't come any closer. Like if you, if you come any closer, you might die. And he says, take off your sandals because the place you're standing is holy ground. Do we, do we take off our sandals? Do we, do we live our lives with reverence for God, a, a holy fear of, of God? I think I've gotten so comfortable with, with God that I've lost that holy reverence. I've lost, I've lost that holy fear. Do you have a healthy fear of God? Do you have a reverence for him? Proverbs 1, 7 says, fear the, Lord. the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Let's make sure we're not living foolish lives. Let's live wise lives in the fear of the Lord. See, God knew that he could trust Abraham because Abraham didn't withhold his son from God. We can ask ourselves, are we withholding anything from God? Verse 13, then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its, thorn, by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Yireh. Yahweh is Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. And to this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. I think our first application today is one of praising God and thanking God. That he is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And this story doesn't make sense in and of itself, but if you understand the context, this is a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ's death on the cross. God asked Abraham to sacrifice his only son. Of course, he didn't ask him to follow through with it. But God did sacrifice his only son, Jesus, for us. Jesus is the ram that was caught in the thicket. He's the lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. It's by his wounds we are healed. It's by his stripes we are healed. It's by his blood that washes us as white as snow. The cross is the altar. And God didn't withhold anything from us. And he certainly didn't withhold his son from us. Now the mountain of Moriah is also the hill of Calvary. It's the same place, right? It's the same spot. The hill of Golgotha. It's at the same place. And so we, we praise God for his provision. He's provided us with salvation. He's provided us with eternal life. He's provided us with, with forgiveness of sins. We have so many things to be thankful for, for what God has provided for us. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. When you go to the mountain of the Lord, God will provide for you. 
He will answer your prayers. He will do a miracle. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. I want, I want you to see here that obedience comes before the miracle. See, we all want God to do a miracle. But the miracle doesn't happen until Abraham was obedient to God. Obedience comes before the miracle. Faith and obedience comes before God's provision. I'll never forget a conversation that Jennifer's dad had with me. Of course, I asked for Jennifer's hand in marriage, and Jennifer's dad's been a mentor to me. He's been in ministry for 55 plus years. And before we got married, Jennifer's dad told me, he said, I'm never gonna worry about you being able to provide for my daughter. Because I know that you and Jennifer are seeking God. And if you seek God, you put him first in your life, then he's gonna take care of you. He's going to be Jehovah Jireh in your life. And Jesus taught us the same thing in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 6, 25 through following. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Jesus says, look at the birds. I was thinking about this. Bird watching is a biblical activity. <laughs> Jesus himself says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more, far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or, or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek God first above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So the application is simple, to seek God first and he will give you everything you need. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And as I close the message, I wanna, I wanna bring us back to the, to the hope chest card. Is, is where do you need God to be Jehovah Jireh in your life? What are you hoping him for? On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. If we seek God first, if we trust him, if we obey him, he's going to work it out. And I think the most important application, if you've never put your faith in Jesus, I pray that today would be the day of your salvation, to come to the mountain of the Lord.
We don't get to heaven through our good works. We get to heaven through Christ's finished work on the cross. He is the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And we thank you that you have provided your son, Jesus, who died on the altar. He died in our place. He paid the penalty of sin for us. He paid the penalty of death for us. He paid the penalty of hell for us. He died in our place. He was the substitutionary atonement for us. God, I pray if there's anyone here, anyone at any of our campuses, anyone watching or listening who has never put his or her faith in you, I pray that they would come to the mountain of the Lord. They would come to the hill of Golgotha, the hill of Calvary, the foot of the cross, and place their faith in you, place their trust in you. God, we thank you that Jesus is the ram who was caught in the thicket. God, across all of our church, across all of our campuses, you know everybody's request. You know the, the, the people who are battling cancer. You know the people who are having surgeries this week. You know the people who've lost loved ones just recently. You know the people who have financial needs. The people who are trusting for a prodigal child to come home. People who are praying for the salvation of the loved one. God, you know all of our needs. And you promise us if we seek you first, you will give us everything we need. And we claim that promise today. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. For more messages or info on Greystone Church, feel free to go to our website, greystonechurch.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We look forward to connecting with you. We hope you have an amazing day, and we'll catch you next week.